0: From our 901 Mission Street studios, you are listening to the San Francisco Chronicle.
1: Hey, and welcome to Starps of the Week, Season 2, Episode 3. I'm Trisha, and I'm with Alex. Hey. And coming up today, we're talking about a company that wants to serve you lunch at work, a profitable deal in the cybersecurity space, and half a billion dollars more for the food delivery wars. welcome back to our Startup of the Week series. I'm Trisha Tadani, a general assignment reporter here at the San Francisco Chronicle, here with Alex Wilhelm, Editor-in-Chief of Crunchbase News. Hello. So we're coming at, as we come at you every single week with three startups um, that are, that fit three different categories. So one, trending on Crunchbase. Yes. Um, Second one, just got a funding round. Third one um, was involved in an acquisition. Yes. (laughs)
0: So breaking those categories just a little bit, um, Mm -hmm. for people that were around last year, the way we look at the kind of startup of the week is a company that's trending, Mm -hmm. so it's driving a lot of interest. And what we've done is looked at companies that are based here that haven't raised too much money, haven't raised recently, haven't been acquired, and are doing something kind of cool. And the goal there is to find something kind of bubbling under the surface. And then um, we look at a big fundraising round now. And this is what we're calling season two of startups of the week. Mm -hmm. And the goal there is to look at a company that's raising capital in either an interesting way or a way that we're very shocked by. Yeah. Something that's kind of like, oh my, look at that. And then <laughs> the acquisition is any kind of Bay Area startup, if you will, that has recently gone through the gauntlet of being bought by usually a larger corporation. Right. And we have three, if I may, pretty you good may. ones this week. Yeah. I'm kind of yeah, excited. This is,
1: it's, a, it's a pretty interesting week, and there's a lot of money involved this
0: <laughs> week. <laughs> this is one of the most wealthy weeks yeah. we've ever talked about on the show.
1: Yeah. Wealthy and well-fed
0: a uh, good segue take us away
1: <laughs> okay so the first company we're talking about is one that um, was trending on Crunchbase, base which as Alex mentioned um, means they've just gotten extra attention over the last week or so um, so this one is a company called eat club mm-hmm. um, so they offer um, lunch to companies that offer <laughs> lunch as a perk to their employees um, for either free or at a discount um, so you guys have one of these services, right? Like, yeah, crunch Base? I,
0: I, I forget if it's uh, Zesty or Zero Cater, mm-hmm. the two main competitors. But they just kind of bring over, like, a bunch of food. And right. you kind of walk by with a plate and scoop it on. And that sounds it awesome. Is, it is fantastic. I'm very spoiled. Um, <laughs> but E-Club has a bit of a twist on that. It right. makes them stand out. So what makes them different from the other two players in the space?
1: Yeah. So as you were saying, with um, the competitors Zero, sorry, Zero Cater and Zesty, um, it's family style. So what those companies will do is they'll order from a restaurant. They'll come in with these big tin tins, as you know, mm-hmm. and then you know the the employee doesn't have much choice on what is coming that day. Um, but with eClub, sorry, with um, but with club, the employees get to individualize their order every single morning. Oh, every 10. morning! So they can choose between like thirty different options or something like that, which is crazy. That, that, that's, that is like, kind of overwhelming crazy. of how many options there would be. Um, but So they go on an app every single morning. They scroll through what's available for that day, and then if they order by ten, they'll get the order by like I think like twelve or twelve fifteen in like an individualized box. So that sounds great. That's what the founder said sets them apart from their competitors, who are both very well funded. Um, But like, how do you? How do you scale something like that? That's my main question.
0: Do you mean scale it in terms of where it's available or scale it in terms of how do you make that many uh, individualized meals in a two-hour period? Yeah, how
1: do you make that many individualized meals? I know that they they probably have a lot of it pre-made and the options are, the quantity is limited, so, um, but but still, like, it seems so complicated. There's so much room for- For um, error. For error, yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I love the idea because I am a notoriously <laughs> picky eater because I'm a bad person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm not a
1: bad person. Well, you know, just I'm hungry. I'm very, I know what you want. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> polite way
0: of putting it. Um, so for me, as just a consumer, it makes a lot of sense. But this is a point where their complexity compared mm-hmm. to their uh, competitors is actually their selling point. So it's an operational yeah. question. If they nail this every day, it's going to feel like magic if you're an employee. Mm-hmm. But if they make a mistake twice in a week, you're going to be like, I don't eat tuna salad (laughs) Ah. and you're going to be pretty grumpy about it. So they're, they're essentially putting on themselves the, the onus of of executing at a higher level than their competitors have to. And if that's their edge, then go for it. But it's going to be certainly a, um, a difficult thing to always get. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it also goes to show how if there are three companies that are offering this kind of perk, this is obviously a big trend in Silicon Valley companies of offering <laughs> free
0: lunch. Well, I, here's the thing, though. I wonder if it's only Silicon Valley because uh, e Club is expanding into uh, New York, yes, right? Yes,
1: that's why they're trending this week. Because
0: and they're now in New York, L.A. and SF. Yes. No, that's kind of like the coastal trifecta. Mm-hmm. Throw in you know DC in there and, and Boston, maybe you've got and Seattle. You've got all yeah, the coastal hubs. Yeah. You know, my question is, does this work in Missouri mm. or does it work in my home state of Oregon?
1: Yeah, um, does it work in New Jersey? I
0: I don't think anything works in New Jersey actually. <laughs>
1: Had a you great childhood
0: had, there. You guys had Chris Christie for a long time. Yeah. Uh, anyways, hey. <laughs> sorry, I apologize. The thing is, though, I'm curious how many uh, cities this works in as a model for all the players. Because right. if, if it only works in, say, seven or eight cities, that's a pretty uh, constrained total market, mm-hmm. total adjustable market, as the VCs would say. Uh, so I'm curious where this goes into tier two cities, and yeah. when does that happen, and uh, how much does that
1: cost? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so I asked the founder if they were um, interested in ex- Expanding to more cities, or where they were interested in expanding to next, and he said their main focus will be on big cities. Makes sense. Shockingly yes. enough. Yes. Um, all right, moving on is um, our acquisition of the, no, what is it? It's Deal of the Week. Deal of the Week. We're still playing around with these headlines. Subheads, that, yeah, if subhead, you will. Yeah, subheads, subheads. <laughs> yeah. So Deal of the Week um, is, so Splunk, a um, big data company, they acquired a company, a startup called Phantom, um, so, Phantom basically automates um, responses to see, like common security threats that a company might have um, rather than the logistics of what both companies are doing and you know what they're going to do together i would love to talk about the price points of this because as we said earlier there's a lot of money involved in the companies this week so how much so phantom had how much in funding You looked. so it, phantom looked only up.
0: had a couple dozen million which is an odd a way couple of dozen it million it was 22.7 million raised uh, according to crunch which isn't that much by silicon valley standards yeah
1: that's not a couple dozen
0: well, a couple well, dozen would be twenty four. So I said almost a couple almost dozen couple, Okay. I was trying to be as obtuse as possible as I clicked over to the tab to look up the data point. Thank you for calling me on my filibuster. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> this is <laughs> anyway. how the sausage is made, folks. Um, so yes, yeah, so they have twenty two point seven million in funding, but they were acquired for three hundred fifty million, which is unfathomable
0: to it's me. a lot of money. Yeah. And so we did the math before we jumped on the air and it's about <laughs> a fifteen point five X multiple yeah. on their um raised capital. And so
1: how does that Measure up? I mean, is that a lot of money? Is it normal for a company to be acquired for that much?
0: I would say that's pretty darn good. We mm-hmm. uh, pull up some historical data to kind of vet that data point against, and so far as we can tell, for its fundraising raised. To be sold for that uh, multiple puts it into a pretty high class. So Mm -hmm. it's a pretty darn good exit result. And, you know, VCs always talk about wanting to 10x things. You know, Mm -hmm. we want to get 10x. Well, here's 15x. Good job. And if you were one of the earlier investors who put money in at a much lower valuation, you did better than 10x. Um, So I would say a quite strong result and one that shows, if I can be so bold, that the the cybersecurity wave that you and I have talked about ad nauseum over the last couple of months – uh, is, is 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 real? It's not just money going in; there's money coming out as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's not just more tech bros getting
0: more money. The, the, the tech bros have enough money. I, I don't think that's what we <laughs> need to kind of kind of pull yeah. the lever on. But uh, good for Phantom. Good for the local company doing well. And uh, Splunk, though their acquirer, we found out, has been in some trouble.
1: Yeah. So, you know, when we get these companies we do our due diligence and research and i found that um a little over a year ago they were hit with a 2.7 million dollar penalty from the department of labor because they were allegedly um during their uh hiring practices i guess you would call it um between 2010 and 2012 they were allegedly discriminating against african-american and asian job qualified african-american and asian uh, job candidates now splunk argues that this wasn't true, but they settled anyways, or they paid the penalty anyways. Um, and this was a while ago, um, which is important to note. But um, over the past year since they got this penalty, um, I asked the company, and they were like, well, they said that they've been doing all these like different diversity initiatives, like diversity training and diversity videos and diversity this and that, and whatever. Um, I don't know what diversity training entails, but... Anyways, this was yeah.
0: I, I I don't actually know either. Showing up in the you no know, being a jerk. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I had to go through my harassment training because I'm a manager at my job. I had to go through like some multiple hours of this stuff, mm-hmm. and it was modestly useful. I want to say yeah, like you know yeah. some of it's a lot. Of, it's just mostly common, right?
1: Sense. But so they um. So like many Silicon Valley companies, um, they're still overwhelmingly white and overwhelmingly male. But what I found different was that they published their data in a very um, easy-to-read way um, on their website. So they're trying to be very transparent about it. But just to give you some numbers, so they're 75% male, 25% female, 65.1% white, 25.1% Asian, 4.4% Hispanic, and 2.1% black. Um, now, you know, obviously, there's a big disparity in those numbers, but how does that match up against other Silicon like Valley companies?
0: Yeah, so we grabbed some data uh, from Google's 2017 um, <coughs> diversity report, if you will. So I'm going to go ahead and quote a couple of numbers here. I'm going to quote, actually, from Fortune to prevent me from butchering this. <laughs> so here is the paragraph. Quote, the number of black U.S. employees at Google, remained stagnant over the past year at 2% of the total workforce and 1% of tech workers. The number of Hispanic or Latinx employees also saw a little change increasing from 3 to 4% over the last what year. What year is this again? This 2017. One? Okay. So that's kind of the most recent data from Google. And also on the gender breakdown, Google is uh, 69% men, 31% mm, women. It's a little better. In technical roles, though, 80% male, 20% female. Yeah.
1: yeah. So
0: um, I don't think Splunk is particularly far outside the norm here. Yeah. Because, you know, Google and the other kind of big five tech companies set the tone mm-hmm. uh, for this stuff. And, you know, it's good that everyone's releasing the data, and it's good that Splunk's doing a lot of work on yeah. I mean, commend them for trying. Right. Uh, but also, this illustrates how far we have to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: it's interesting. Um, anyways, all right. Ready for the subhead? I'm very excited about right. this. A dash of cash, which yes. is our funding round. Um, so DoorDash, um, they got a behemoth of around half a billion dollars at yes. 5 what is it, five hundred and thirty-five million?
0: They raised five hundred and thirty-five million dollars from guess who Oh yes, it was SoftBank. <laughs>
1: um yeah, so I mean DoorDash, pretty straightforward. It facilitates food deliveries from restaurants. You know, there's a bunch of these apps out there. Um DoorDash is as, a pretty good one, though. Yeah. To I, it's I, credit. That, yeah. It's I in my experience it's been more on time than other ones. But so the question is, there's a lot of competitors for this. There's Uber Eats, there's Grubhub, there's Caviar, there's Postmates, there's, there's a lot of others. I'm sure there's one we're missing. Yeah. But, you know, does at the end of the day, Amazon is also trying to get into this space as well. So does it matter how much money you get if Amazon is your competitor?
0: Well, I don't think it's going to be a, an entirely winner-takes-all market. Okay. Um, and like, Why do
1: you not think that?
0: I think there's so much space and there's okay. room for differentiation. Okay. So, you know, when I use – if a service said, for example, you pay more, you get faster delivery, that could be an entire market category of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas right now with Postmates and Uber Eats, like I used Uber Eats yesterday because I'm lazy, <laughs> um, it, it's kind of random when your food arrives. Like they'll yeah. say, we're guessing 710, but it could Uber be 730. It's pretty
1: random. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Postmates, you know, I mean they have to deal with the demand network and then traffic and so it, it, right. it's kind of hard to tell. There's more space in there than for just one company. But mm-hmm. the Amazon thing is the most interesting for me because I didn't know until we sat down to prep for this show today that Amazon was doing deliveries. Yeah, yeah. And then we pulled the website, and I felt very sorry. They're silly. working on it. Apparently, Amazon will do everything. <laughs> um, but DoorDash now has the capital on hand to establish itself maybe as the second player mm-hmm. aside from Amazon if Amazon really goes into this space as mm-hmm. much as it wants to. Um, but Grubhub is public. Postmates has raised hundreds of millions. Yeah. So there's a lot of activity in the space and the the thing that vcs always tell me is the tam total adjustable market is huge because quote everyone eats sometimes three times a day and i am yeah. like guess that's bad. yeah
1: and so well what are they going to do with all that cash um so they the ceo tony Zo ex is that how you would pronounce it you said it okay well um he said that they want to triple their footprint so that means they would so right now they're in 600 cities that would bring them up to 1800 cities um, and they also that mean and they would also add about 250 people to their workforce, bringing them up to about 800. Well, this so. goes
0: back to our comment about uh, Eat Club, and if they can expand into different markets, and mm-hmm. is there a city size, you know, minimum? That's true, yeah. You know, and
1: obviously, more the more dense the city, the, the better. More efficient, the more efficient
0: we, we would think. But 1,800 cities in the United States is getting down to like. Some pretty small cities. Yeah. That's yeah. not going to be. That's a really good point. You might even get like Duluth in that mix. I mean, that's like 80, 87,000, 88,000 people. Yeah, why so. do
1: you, that's a very specific number to know about Duluth. It's good to need to
0: have in the back of your mind as a, <laughs> as a benchmark for smaller cities.
1: <laughs> On that note, before we get to a topic, um, that's all we have for you this week. Um, and check back next week for another podcast. Thank you for listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Read more startups coverage at sfchronicle.com and Crunchbase.news. I'm Trisha Thadani. And I'm Alex Wilhelm. And this is Startups of the Week. You've been listening to the San Francisco Chronicle. Our executive producer is Fernando Diaz. Our editor-in-chief is Audrey Cooper. And our producers are Peter Hartlaub, Brittany Schell, and Claire Varellos. The music you just heard is Botfest by Alex Vaughn. If you like what you heard... Good news, there's more. Listen to Chronicle Podcast and get bonus content at sfchronicle.com/podcast or subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, or other streaming services.